0: if anxiety is one of your big pmdd symptoms then anna the anxiety coach who i'm about to talk to is going to be a revelation for you because she's going to tell us that Your anxiety is not a chemical imbalance and that it can be healed. You can find permanent relief from your anxiety. I know that might sound really far away, but she's gonna share some super practical tools and tips and also some long-term solutions for your anxiety. Oh, I really, really cannot wait. Here we go. and I'm coming. Let's talk about anxiety. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share hope, guidance and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. And today I am joined by Anna Papuano and I'm really excited to share her with you because she is the anxiety coach. And Anna is also a qualified counselor. And as I said, she specializes in anxiety and she supports women to come home to themselves and befriend their nervous system through somatic therapy breath work,
1: polyvagal, and holistic practices. Anna, welcome to the summit and thank you for saying yes. Thank you so much for having me, Charisma. It's my honor. Wow, oh, so good. I found you on Instagram and I'm going to put Anna's link
0: down there so y'all can all check her out because every post is so full of information, practical tools, and that's why you're here, Anna. But first, could you just share a little bit about your
1: story and why you're so passionate about the work that you do? Absolutely. I would love to share a bit about my journey. I, um, I, my journey really started when I was 10 years old. I was in a roller coaster accident that changed the course of my life. And so prior to that, I had never really even thought about what mental health was or anything like that and was really plunged into a dark place in my life where I had to kind of come to grips with understanding my mind and understanding my place in the world and feeling really disconnected from those around me And that kind of carried on for most of my life until I was about uh, 23 where I hit rock bottom and I made a decision. I got angry enough at myself, I got frustrated enough and I decided that I wanted to make a change. The, The quote unquote traditional mental health care wasn't really cutting the mustard for me and I needed to find a way in which I could support my mind that was really gonna help move the needle. So that was kind of the catalyst for me studying psychology, becoming a counselor, and and going down that path. Um, And now I never want anyone else to feel the way that I did in terms of isolation and loneliness and um, feeling not seen by other people and not understood by other people. So that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. And I'm very honored to get to do what I do. Um, But it's something that I think is a true gift of mine to have been on my journey to be able to then share that with the world as well. I am so
0: glad that you're sharing that. And I feel, you know, it really rings true, your story that you hit that rock bottom and you're like, this is, it's enough. And I think that's where a lot of our people are right now in the community, like somehow this is not working what they're telling me what I should do. It's enough. I want to know more. So Anna, let's let's dive in and, and help our people here. And you said that, and I love this here, triggers are part of the emotional experience on this planet, So let's talk right about triggers. Why do we get triggered and what's the connection to the nervous system?
1: Yeah, so triggers are a normal, natural part of the human experience. They are anything that really push us outside of our window of tolerance. So the idea is that we operate within this space in which we can really kind of handle challenges and things that come up. And then something's going to tip you over that edge. And so you can expand your window of tolerance through training and, and regulating your nervous system, but triggers really come from an emotional experience that we've had. So your amygdala is that little almond size part of your brain that kind of activates fight or flight response yeah. that attaches meaning to memories that we have. So if you have had a bad experience, it will attach meaning to that memory. And so next time you're in that situation, it will go, okay we don't want this to end the same way as it happened before so you will get triggered into making an action happen so to move yourself out of danger or to run away from the threat or to fight off your attacker so that is really where triggers come from and why they're so normal and I feel like what triggered becoming triggered has become such a catchphrase now but It is such a normal approach that we do need to normalize that these movements in and out of our window of tolerance are completely normal and nothing to be ashamed of at all.
0: So a trigger could so is can just anything be a trigger for us or is it? Does it have to do with everybody? Personally, I was just thinking of like what my triggers could be like um, with my partner. I always love, I like to run away. I used to like to just run away and get out of there. And I was just thinking, I wonder if that has something to do with when I was a teenager and I was in love with this one guy and I got kind of clingy and then he like treated me horribly. Does that happen from back then? Or is it even from an
1: earlier age? Or do we just gather these triggering things through our life? I mean, most of our triggers will come from when we're in childhood, but we can definitely develop triggers as we get older. So even if you were on the playground as a kid and you got left out of playing and that fear of abandonment or the fear of being left alone, that can be a repeating pattern that you have throughout your life. So we can pick triggers up throughout our lifetime, but generally we pick them up from experiences in our childhood as well.
0: Okay. From experiences in our childhood. And you were talking about the amygdala. So what is, because, you know, we talk about this fight or flight a lot. And then the nervous system is, everybody's talking about it, right? It's coming up a lot. So is the amygdala connected to our nervous system or is that something different?
1: Yes, absolutely. Connected to our nervous system. Um, It actually works in synergy. So our nervous system has a way of listening to our internal and external world called neuroception. So it's kind of listening to what's going on internally and externally because our body can actually react far quicker than our mind can. So that is why we experience physical symptoms of anxiety before we start feeling anxious in our mind. And so our nervous system is the catalyst for noticing what's going on, noticing danger without us being cognitively aware of it then it triggers our amygdala to set off the fight or flight by releasing norepinephrine and cortisol and adrenaline into our body and so they're, they're so intertwined and connected that they're basically the same thing your nervous system and your amygdala can't work without one another. Awesome. Thank you
0: for bringing that in and for making that a lot more clear. Also that it our nervous system reacts way before we're even right consciously aware of what's actually going on. That's why sometimes we might be surprised at our triggers. So if I do get triggered, um, what is something that we can do? And I, I saw something that you shared. It was called orienting to your space. Could you share
1: what we can do there when we get triggered? Yeah. So orienting to your space is a beautiful, gentle practice that you can use when you're feeling triggered because When our fight or flight response is activated, we become very focused on what's directly in front of us. So the idea of orienting to your space is to physically turn your head to look around the room and to look behind you to calm your nervous system, to say that the environment is a safe place for you to be in. So it's a really gentle way of letting your eyes actually change their gaze from what's directly in front of you to moving around to notice that the environment is actually a safe place for you to be in. And then finally letting your eyes settle on something appealing or interesting to look at just to regulate your nervous system even more as well.
0: That's amazing. So when I get triggered, kind of move my head, let my eyes roam around a little bit and then focus on something that I find appealing in in my space.
1: Yes. Yeah. And also it gives your brain time to have your executive functioning and your um, what's it called your cortex to come online so that you can actually feel like you can logically think about the situation instead of impulsively reacting to the situation. Thank you. I mean, that's something really simple for us to do. I hope you
0: all are writing stuff down. I already got my notes going right here. So some of the signs of a dysregulated nervous system that you shared on your Instagram page, um, you said that it's la- anxiety, lack of self-trust, fatigue, getting triggered easily. And this sounds a lot like symptoms that we have in our luteal phase with our you know, PMDD. So why do we, what is dysregulation and why do we get dysregulated?
1: So, our nervous system can become dysregulated for a whole host of reasons, whether that is exposure to environmental toxins, blue light, lack of sleep, your circadian rhythms off, Um, the food that you're eating can impact your nervous system. So, basically, your nervous system runs through your vagus nerve and which attaches your brain to all of your different organs. So, if something's not functioning optimally or it's not it's getting impacted by what you're putting into your body or the things that you're ingesting then it can change the way in which our nervous system is actually functioning how it should be right so if you're not breathing properly if you're someone who experiences trouble taking a deep breath into your lower belly and activating your diaphragm then you're not creating a vacuum on your lungs so that means your vagus your vagal tone is actually decreased so all of these things are interconnected in terms of how your vagus nerve and your nervous system all run to create um, a regulated system right and the good thing is that if your nervous system is dysregulated, it doesn't mean that you're stuck with a dysregulated nervous system. It means that once you learn how to tune into your body and give yourself exactly what you need, you can bring yourself back to a regulated state. And also regulation is not a like bulletproof thing. You shouldn't be regulated all the time. You're gonna dip in and out of that. So if you do get triggered or if something comes up in your life, then it's okay if you dip out of a regulated state, but knowing the tools to bring yourself back into it too bring yourself back into that. And
0: could you share some of the tools
1: that we could use to go back into a more regulated state if we we choose to do so? yeah absolutely so one of my absolute favorite tools to use is shaking and movement so (laughs) when you're in a dysregulated state or if you're entering into fight or flight you're feeling anxious or activated your body is absolutely pumping full of norepinephrine and adrenaline so your nervous system is designed to move in those states but a lot of the time we sit very still and we try to think our way through the situation and that kind of breeds more anxiety so one of the best ways to release excess adrenaline and bring yourself back down to a state of calm is by vigorously moving your body. So shaking up and down, chucking on some music that you like, shaking it out, Taylor Swift said it best, shake it out. Um, And then just like letting it all hang loose for at least a minute. And that's a really beautiful way to do that. Um, another of my favorite tools is called the physiological size. So this one really helps calm your nervous system like almost immediately after you continue doing this for five to 10 breaths. Yeah. And it's basically where you inhale through your nose and then you top up your breath and then you exhale. So you inhale once, you top up and then you exhale, yeah, And so this is a really beautiful way because naturally we sigh about every five to 10 minutes. And this is how our lungs create that vacuum that I was talking about and increase our oxygen to CO2 capacity. So if we can mimic this, it helps regulate our nervous system, bring your diaphragm online and allows you to bring yourself back down to a state of calm really quickly. Those are some awesome tips shaking and physiological
0: sigh and I saw you do that one on Instagram and you said you might yawn what mm-hmm. is the why why might somebody yawn when they're doing that that inhale and those the two inhales and was a top off in the exhale.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the time when we are doing tools that activate our vagal tone or activate our vagus nerve, it creates a yawning effect because our vagus nerve runs from our brainstem down the back of our throat into our organs. So it creates a a movement of the muscles in that area. It's coming online. And so it's very natural to want to swallow or yawn when you are doing certain tools to activate your vagus nerve.
0: That is so interesting. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher and we do a lot with, you know, breathing and things like that, our diaphragm. And I do see sometimes students yawning, even though we're doing something really active. So that might be their kind of their vagal tone, like something being activated there and then them yawning.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
0: that's a great thing to happen too. Good. Next time I see it, I know they're not bored, but there's some good stuff happening right there. So thank you for sharing that. So you're the anxiety coach, right? And I was thinking as I was um, just coming on here with you, is anxiety, is that just something that some people are prone to? Is this something that, you know, it's going to lessen or is it just always going to be there? Like, what's your experience with anxiety?
1: Well my personal experience was being told that I would always have to manage anxiety and that is not a belief that I hold anymore mm-hmm. um I I think We come from a medical system that once believed that anxiety was due to a chemical imbalance in our brain when that is not the case. So anxiety is a normal natural part of being a human being. It is how you stay alive and it is how you can can keep yourself surviving in a world that is full of dangers. And if you had to step off the curb and there was a bus coming around the corner, you need your nervous system to react to that. And so of course you're gonna feel anxious after something like that happens. The issue is when it becomes a a disorder or chronic anxiety and feelings that you can't kind of switch off. And this is just where your nervous system has learned that these behaviors and patterns are really safe and familiar. So it wants to repeat these conditions responses because that is what feels safe. So it's about teaching your body. It's about teaching your brain new pathways, new feelings of safety, and really understanding what that actually feels like. Because a lot of the time, we don't know what safety actually feels like if we've never experienced it before. So this is a whole new learning process. And in my own experience and the experience that I've had with clients... Anxiety is not a life sentence. It's a normal titration that we move into anxious states from time to time, but it doesn't have to be the thing that rules your life. And as in my personal experience, it is not something that impacts my day-to-day life anymore than what it did when I was 23 to age of 10, where it absolutely ruled my daily life and, and impacted how I did things. So hundred percent, you can overcome anxiety disorder. Anxiety. I want to really make that a clear distinction between anxiety disorder and anxiety. Um, but that, that relearning of who you are and how to create safety internally is a really important process in that.
0: Oh, thank you. And what I thought will just really popped up. It's sometimes the anxiety is what feels safe because that's what our body is used to. So Does that mean, is that why change sometimes is so hard and feels so unsafe? And that's why it's hard for us to to make that thing because it's not what we're actually
1: used to? 100% 100% and I, I I know this sounds weird to people because we always want to do the hard thing really quickly and I want to I want to go big and I want to change my life and I want to do these things but if you do that if you go to 100 before you've taken the baby steps there yeah. your nervous system is going to react as if you're doing something unsafe and so it w- what your body knows is what is safe and so if you haven't taught and taken the steps to teach your body what is safe then it is immediately going to see anything new as a death threat or danger to your nervous system. So it's really important that you see it as an integration process and that baby steps are worthy of celebration because that is how you teach your nervous system the new way of safety.
0: Oh, beautiful
1: baby steps,
0: y'all, baby steps. So after the summit, after the interview, baby steps, don't go frying your nervous system with too much stuff. So let me just um, ask you, when I'm in my luteal phase, you know, I can get really anxious and activated. And um, I know you shared a really great nervous system reset on your page and it's with eye movement. So I was just wondering, is it kind of like orienting in space or is it a bit different?
1: So orienting to space, it uses eye movement to to reclaim that kind of safety in your nervous system. Yeah. But I think the one that you're talking about is where I was moving my finger from back and forth. Yeah. So when you're um, obviously in fight or flight, we are generally – innately, we are more dominant on one hemisphere than an other, than the other hemisphere. So when you can move your eyes from side to side, tracking your finger or a pen or something moving in front of you, then you're starting to activate both hemispheres of your brain. So it means that you can then access... If you're more on the kind of imaginative what if side, you can then access the logicals part of your brain. Or if you're more on the logical solution focus side, you can then create a creative side of your brain so that you can access a bit more of a shifted perspective. So it's a really simple way in which you can just kind of change your state to access a bit more space to yes. move through the potential um, ways in which you can help yourself in those moments.
0: Wow. It is so fascinating just to know how our body, how we can help our bodies. I just love, that's why I love your page. So many great tools. So could you also speak about, you call them anxiety defense mechanisms. I thought that was really interesting. Share more on that.
1: Yeah, so I love to call them survival responses because we are, and this is what they are, like defense mechanisms. Every single human being has defense mechanisms and they are what we do to help cope with the world around us so for you for someone in particular it might be avoidance for someone it might be overworking for someone it might be rumination and overthinking these are all defense mechanisms that we use to protect ourselves right and so something that's really important is honoring that these are defense mechanisms that serve a purpose I don't believe in saying there's a good coping mechanisms bad coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. good or bad these are things that have served you up until this point so honor that they are good for you up until they're no longer good for you so if they're not serving you anymore then it's time to look for different ways in which we can build other resources that you can reach to in those moments but we all have ways in which we cope with things and that's perfect for you in the moment if that is what's working for you as well that's awesome could you name them again or just i maybe it's just a few i know there was avoidance was in there rumination what what were the others there's a lot. So there's overworking, overeating, undereating, overexercising, uh, rumination, uh, people pleasing, uh, lots of different things. Basically, most of the things that we do on a daily basis yes. is to make sure that we're, we've got our place in the world, right? That we're getting through, that we're making sure that we're safe. These yeah. are all survival and defense mechanisms that we use to cope with the world around us. That makes total sense. I think I'm really big on avoidance when. I, I noticed that
0: I avoid things where I'm like, oh, that feels unsafe, or I don't want to deal with that right now, like my taxes, things like that. I do not like dealing with those. Um, and you're a big advocate of breath work. Could you share a little why breath work is so awesome?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So I think for me personally, I had a psychedelic experience, and for me, it changed the way in which I saw myself and was able to help myself and so I wanted to find a way to reclaim that experience without having to do psychedelics and that's where I found Conscious Connected Breathwork and It allows me to create massive space internally. So, if I am uh, ruminating on something or I feel triggered by something, or if I am just stuck on something, then I will do a big breathwork session that allows me to remove myself from being so enmeshed and entangled in it to then see a different perspective. So, that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of breathwork is that I heard a crazy statistic once that about 60% of people who experience anxiety also have a breathing pattern disorder and so this is where we we don't use our diaphragm we breathe into our chest nice and high we see our shoulders moving up and down and this is something that I experienced myself so when I changed my breathing to learn how to breathe properly first into my belly then into my chest then a lot of the ability to handle challenges and to regulate my nervous system was so much easier because breathing is an autonomic response. It's the only autonomic response that we have control over. And so if you can influence how you're breathing, then you can change a lot of the physiological responses that you've had as well. So I think breath is a very underrated way to help yourself regulate your nervous system, but also expand your mind to feel more in control moment to moment as well.
0: Mm, i'm fully on board with that we always say in kundalini yoga the quality of the breath determines the quality of your life that it is just so important and when you speak about breath work because i did a breath work training it was like this holotropic breath work where you like like that is that the kind of breath work or is it do you have different like kinds of breathing techniques
1: yes so i i use uh conscious connected breath work very much like holotropic breath work but we take bigger breaths instead of faster breaths so that you only have to breathe for half an hour instead of a few hours with holotropic breath work. Um, But then also I incorporate a lot of different breathing techniques and breath work patterns with clients in terms of how to quickly, like the physiological sigh, like pursed lip breathing, where you're breathing through, kind of like you're breathing through a straw so that you're regulating your exhale. Um, Lots of different breathing techniques that have massive impact on your mind and your body really quickly.
0: Uh, Yes, I'm fully on board with that. And I just want to share y'all that Anna has a super duper freebie for us. It's breath work for anxiety. And the link is going to be below the interview. So definitely download that. And I know maybe you think that, you know, anxiety is not your thing or anything, but get that one. I I think it's going to be really helpful for, for anybody. Right, Anna?
1: Yeah, 100%. And even if you don't experience anxiety to the extreme, like give your nervous system uh, the TLC that it deserves as well. Mm, That is gorgeous. What? Well, now that you say nervous system and
0: TLC, what are some ways that, you know, I understand you were talking about being triggered. We were talking about being in anxiety. So, you know, these heightened active states, but what are just some ways that
1: I can give my nervous system TLC during the day? Yeah, during the day, I definitely think one of the best, well, if you're, if you're at home, then one of my absolute favorite ways, and you might know this one from Kundalini Yoga, the legs up the wall yoga pose where you lie on your back with your legs up the wall, that is one of the most calming yoga poses that you can do. And it is my absolute favorite, especially when you're just feeling a bit blah, stressed out, you just need a bit of a break lying down with your legs up the wall hanging there five minutes is an absolute game changer you'll feel so calm afterwards um and other than that just making sure that you're you're managing like you're noticing your sensations and then actually understanding like what does my body need right now so if you're noticing your heart rate increasing then it's a sign that you're not feeling safe in this moment so how do you bring yourself set back to safety do you need to do some shaking do you need to do um, maybe some progressive muscle relax relaxation? relaxation where you're clenching and releasing to show yourself how to relax. Um, Do you need to orient to your space? Do you need to do a little um, physiological sigh for that moment? There are many, many tools that are kind of portable as you go through your day that can really help regulate your stress response and help you feel much more in control. Mm, Thank you for that because, uh, you know, I've been talking with other experts
0: and they say that stress is a huge factor for our PMDD symptoms, that stress exacerbates our symptoms. So thank you for sharing that so we can lower the stress and lower the cortisol and all these things in our body and get our nervous system feeling safe and happy again. Mm. So I know everybody is really like, oh my gosh, Anna is full of knowledge and full of ways that we can support ourselves and help ourselves. I know you have um, the kind mind club and you have other offerings share. How can our people work with you, Anna? How can they, they, you know, benefit from your knowledge and your wisdom?
1: Well, I really appreciate you sharing this with the world and with your audience. And um, if anyone would like to get in contact with me, the best way to do that is obviously through Instagram. I'm very active on there and and I share a lot of good tips on Instagram for free. I also have um, the Shift Your Shit Breathwork Healing Program, which is, I walk you through how to do conscious connected breathwork as well as wave breathing. So you can retrain yourself to breathe properly again and correct your breathing patterns um and the kind mind club is my kind of all encompassing holistic community in which we consistently regulate our nervous system and hold each other accountable as well oh that's beautiful so a community
0: where people can do this all together you know we're all about community and i have to say that one program is called shift your shit (laughs) i love that because my thing is sit with your shit (laughs) <laughs> That's what I always advocate. So I'm obviously in love with that. Please, everybody go check that out because that sounds so, so juicy. <laughs> and we are almost at time. Do you have any words of hope or encouragement for, for a community out there who might be dealing with PMDD or triggered in other ways?
1: well first of all you are far more strong and capable of handling what's in front of you than you could have ever imagined but when you're not feeling strong lean on your community lean on the people around you they are what allow you to feel felt at all times and feel less isolated and alone so just know that you're not alone on this journey Mm,
0: thank you for reminding us of that yes lean on your community we are here for each other and that's what we're here for right in the PMDD healing summit in our PMDD healing community Anna thank you this was an absolute revelation and it gave me a new kind of respect and honoring and love for my body and and how I can support it and how it can
1: support me so thank you for the work that you do and thank you for being here my absolute pleasure and honor thank you so much for having me charisma Awesome. Well, y'all rewatch
0: this one, get those little exercises, write them down, find something that works for you and definitely download the freebie and start following Anna on Instagram and have a wonderful and beautiful rest of your day. Y'all. Bye. (laughs) Hi, it's charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a 5-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.